let me just make a formal welcome to everybody here. And Building Forth started back in 20, uh, 2020, January of 2020, I think. And it was originally set up to for a few people to get together and talk about the Law of One material. And then it has grown so that we have a nice, loving community where ultimately the most important thing is that we support each other in living out the Law of One in our daily life. Um, but inside that, we we bring in what we're what we what have formed what has formed us things like a course of love, um, Christian scripture. Uh, some of us are theologians and even Christian pastors, and um, some of us are smorgasbord of different faith traditions, and we have different uh, demographics all over the place. So it's a place that we try to unite in one heart. Building forth is building forth density building forth chakra, uh, the open heart, and also building forth as an F-O-R-T-H, building forth on our journeys, and we support each other in that. So everybody's welcome here. Um, I just want to give a little overview about how it's going to roll out. And tonight is presentation night. And uh, so Dan is going to give us this presentation on A Course of Love. And I'd like to formally welcome Rudy is here. Uh, you're coming from California. Yeah. Yes, I am. Hello. <laughs> and um, again, we have Coralie in España, España with an accento. <laughs> and we've got new people. Glad is from, uh, you're in Arizona, correct? And uh, Mari, you are living in Minnesota, where I think it's cooler. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. So we are going to, we always open up. It's, it's, a ma it's a high magical kind of thing that we do here. And so we always open up with an invocation and then we close with a closing prayer. And the, my job tonight is going to be to help Dan um, with the flow of time, you know, and just keep everything kind of rolling. And, uh, if I could ask everybody to put yourself on mute, that would be great. I'm also going to be trying to make sure that I call on people when there is a time to do that. Maybe Dan could let us know if there's any questions or something. And if people have any questions, then um, I will be the one to say, you know, so-and-so and, and have, have that way in. Sound pretty good? Okay. And Dan, just lastly, do you, if you don't have anybody to close us out... Do you have anybody to close this out? In the I don't. Okay. I'd love it. Some of volunteers. So I'm going to ask is if somebody did Troy, did you just raise your hand? Okay. So Troy can close this out then. All right. We've got it. Dan, it is all yours and we are very excited. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I think I, Adi uh, is going to uh, give the opening prayer. I, and I might comment uh, something to, to, to Leon that originally when I, was going to present something. I had three different um, channeled works. As we know, the, the, the law of one was channeled. Um, three additional channeled works that I had come across, and, and Troy had recommended the law of one to me when he realized I had an interest in those. And I, I thought I was going to do some on Paul Selig, uh, and Leon has mentioned him, and I think a few other people know him. And 
then another book called Oneness. And as I got into it, it was a huge, huge undertaking I was taking on. So I, I brought it down to a course of love and even even limited it to uh, three kind of main ideas that I thought were important. And we may only get through one of them tonight. Um, I'm more interested in, you know, having some sharing um, about how people might see uh who don't know about Course of Love, but might recognize certain themes that they might say, you know, that that's very similar to uh, the Law of One, or you may see some differentiation. And if we have some time, we could do some sharing on that. Um, before Adi reads the prayer, could it, by show of hands, how many people are familiar with Course of Love, have come across it? Um, Leon, a little bit. Barbara, I see your hand go up. Okay. Well, I'll give a disclaimer in the beginning. Um, Mari and Coralie, Mari received the Course of Love, so she was actually uh, received the channeling, and Coralie's done the translation. And a disclaimer is that this is, this, they've not approved everything that I'm saying here, so it's kind of my interpretation. So uh, I, I'll just say that. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, if everyone could close their eyes and take a couple deep breaths. And I'm going to lead us in the opening prayer. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God unfolds us. The power of God protects us. And the spirit of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is. So be it. Silently set the intention that you are only open and receptive to those energies and information that are for your highest good in the perfect amounts needed for your healing and evolution at this time. Amen. Thanks, Adi. Just do the screen share here. I'm going to jump over here now. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right. So, um, A Course of Love was received by Mari Perone in, between 1998 and 2001. Uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with A Course in Miracles, but um, Mari was uh, a student of A Course in Miracles, and um, and this was received from Jesus, who also is, uh, who gave A Course in Miracles back in the mid-60s. Uh, and Mari was received a kind of like a continuation of, of A Course in Miracles. Uh, and, and we're very fortunate to have her with us tonight. She's become a dear friend. Um, and I've ask her if she could read uh, a portion of the um, of the opening. For some reason, my, let me see if I can get my slideshow to, okay. So where I wanted to, to, what I wanted to do, I called it a dialogue with the Building Forth community, is to take some basic ideas from the 40 days and 40 nights mountaintop experience, which is the last 160 pages of A Course of Love, 
which is a 660 page uh, receiving and book. And I wanted to uh, see how these related to the transition from third density to fourth density of the law of one. And so for those who don't know much about the law of one, you know, uh, or the way I see it, you know, it's the change that, that kind of goes from the density that we're in. Uh, it, it deals with our bodies, our consciousness, uh, and kind of moves. Uh, I believe the third density is, is the, Doug, you might help me, is the density of choice. Uh, and fourth density is the density of, of light and love. Is, is that close, Doug? If I, if I gave summations of those two. The fourth density is the density of love and understanding. Love and understanding. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask Mari to just read what's uh, one of the first paragraphs uh, that, that opens the course, if she would. And Mari, you might, I can't see anyone when we screen share. You might be on mute, Mari. Okay, there we go. Got it. <clears throat> you are, as you read these words, as much a receiver of this dialogue as she who first hears these words and transfers them to paper. Is a piece of music not received by you, even with maybe one of thousands or millions who hear it? Does it matter who is first to hear the music? This is, in truth, a dialogue between me and you. Wish not that the way of the transcriber of these words were the way for everyone. And think not that to hear directly from the source is different than what you do here. Okay, thank you, Mari. And Coralie, can you then read the introduction? It's, it, it's about a page and a half. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, um, huge pleasure to be able to read this. <clears throat> My voice sounds a bit croaky. <laughs> it's, the it's the middle of the night where I am. Um, <laughs> I just thought, well, I mean, there are many nights when I'm awake around this time, so why not? Why not be up and, and gathering with 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 like minds and, and like hearts. The introduction, this course was written for the mind, but only to move the mind to appeal to the heart, to move it to listen, to move it to accept confusion, to move it to cease its resistance to mystery, its quest for answers, and to shift its focus to the truth and away from what can be learned only by the mind. What is learned by the mind only rearranges reality. The mind then holds to a new reality as a new set of rules without change. It sees reality through these new mental constructs and calls this way of seeing new. In order to support its new reality, it must insist that others follow these new rules. Truth, it says, has been found, and it is here, in these new rules, and not in those of old, 
The mind will then tell you how to feel according to its rules and will resist all ways of feeling or ways of being that appear to run counter to these rules, as if it knows, because of these rules, how things are. The mind will speak of love and yet hold the heart prisoner to its new rules, new laws, and still say, this is right and this is wrong. It will speak of love and not see its intolerance or judgment. It will speak of love to be helpful and with all sincerity. And yet the very logic that it uses, though new, wounds the heart of the most tender, of those most called to love and its sweetness. I'm wrong to feel the way I do, the tender-hearted says to herself, and convinced that another knows what she does not, covers over her tenderness with protection. You think that in order to share, you must be able to speak the same language. And so you regress to the language of the mind with its precision. The mind so hates to be confused, to be open, to remain open, and to not know. It desires anchors to hold it in one spot, and held there suffers the pounding of the sea of change, resists the current, fortifies itself against the storm. The mind will return always to where it feels safe and sure of itself, and so it goes nowhere and sees not transformation or creation or the new horizon that would defy its reality. The mind cannot hold open the doors of the heart, and yet we turn within, turn to the mind, and show it where its openness lies, where sweetness abides, where love's knowing is found. All the mind can do is rearrange reality and hold it still and captive and rule-bound. The laws of love are not laws such as these. The laws of love are not rules, facts, or right answers. The laws of love bring spiritual freedom. The freedom that lies beyond belief, beyond thought, beyond adherence to any authority other than one's own heart. The heart is needed to guide the mind in a way that it does not desire to be guided, a way that is one of joining, a way that does not allow the mind's separate stance, its rules, or its right answers. The heart is needed because it is who and where you are and responds in love to what is one with it. We are one heart. We are one mind. The route to oneness and union, to life in form that accepts oneness and union, to a humanity restored to wholeness, wholeness is through the heart of the mind. This course will seem remedial to some, easy to some, complex to some. The mind may say, yes, yes, I know. Tell me something I don't know. The mind may reel at contradictions, cling to known truths, compare this wisdom to other wisdom. The mind will attempt to understand with its own logic, 
and fight the logic of the heart. The mind will seek new rules and perhaps, perhaps be willing to rearrange its reality once again. The mind is its own reality. You cannot escape the mind's reality with the mind. You cannot learn how to escape the reality of the mind with the mind's pattern of learning or of logic. You cannot live in a new and fresh world and retain the mind's reality. There is no everyone to whom I speak, to whom I give these words. There is no single, solitary, no separate mind to whom these words are spoken. These words are spoken heart to heart. From one heart to one heart. Everyone is just a concept. These words are given to each one. They are heard only by each alone, by which I mean in the sanctity of the one heart. We are one heart. We are one mind joined in wholeheartedness. We are the heaven of the world. We replace bitterness with sweetness. We dwell in the reality of the one heart, creation's birthplace, birthplace of the new. The new is not that which has always existed. It is not that which can be predicted. It is not that which can be formed and held inviolate. The new is creation's unfolding love. The new is love's expression. The new is the true replacement of the false. Illusions demise, joy birthed amongst sorrow. The new is yet to be created, one heart to one heart. This is a course for the heart, the birthplace of the new. Thanks, Carly. <clears throat> so the next thing I wanted to do is talk about uh, a creation story and invite everyone to maybe think about what their creation story might be. I think we all have one, whether we ever formulate it uh, in, in writing and such. Um, and this is one I've gleaned from A Course of Love. And I have tried to take as many direct statements from the course that I think relate to how uh, it, it, it looks at creation and how, how I, how I've come to look at it. And it may seem a bit metaphysical at some, in some points. Uh, but, um, I think it's important to kind of know where we, where we come from and, and kind of then know where we're going. Um, so kind of in the beginning, <clears throat> the infinite creator is in unity with everything and no thing. The all of everything is unknowable. To be the all of everything would be to not exist. The one infinite creator extends love, creating a separation to know herself and to be known. This extension of divinity into form happens, a duality necessary for knowability and relationship. 
The knower and known are as father, mother, and son, daughter, God, and humankind. Only what exists in relationship knows that it exists. The creator knows herself and her extension into human form, a necessary degree of separation of unity for one to know another. Yet humankind experiences this as traumatic aloneness. Fear comes into creation, and thus the illusion of separation becomes the veil of forgetting. Separation and truth would be not to exist. Separation into form, had it occurred within the realization of continuing relationship, would not have been cause for fear. Adam and Eve represent your birth into form. I represent your birth into what is beyond form, to the realization of paradise and of your true self and true home, in a form that will take you beyond time to eternity. So this, um, this, this story is important to me because it, 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 it talks about originally coming from a unity with, with the infinite creator. And then we became extensions of this and was a way that, that God could know herself, himself. And one of the things, of course, of love did for me was to begin to understand more deeply my true identity as, as a divine being. Having a human experience, I think I spent most of my life feeling like I was an alienated kind of human trying to come to know God. And uh, to, to have that reversal all of a sudden to realize, oh my gosh, I'm a divine being having a human experience was, was very powerful for me. And that's, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to, to, to portray with, with the creation story. So, um, to try and give an example, maybe, of what it was like when we, as a collective whole of humanity, um, went through this separation so that we could be known and extend, uh, you know, as, as, as God in form. When this fear came in, uh, I kind of liken it maybe to, um, the same thing we go through at, at birth, you know, where we're in union in, in our mother's womb and, uh, we go through the birthing process and, uh, you know, what the, tra the traumatic thing that that is to go through the birthing canal and then out into a whole different world, uh, and still feel a union with our mother. But at some point, we have a sense of our own identity and we're here and mother is over there. And I think metaphysically, when, when that happened for us, uh, fear came in and we felt separate. Um, I want to borrow next from, from some work Doug has put together here to, uh, talk about, uh, what that was like experientially. And I think we've all gone through it in a collective way. And I think we've all gone through it in a personal way just by, by being, uh, born, uh, onto the earth. So there's at the bottom here, the mystery of universal union and unity with God and, then 
the bill forgetting that uh, the law of one talks about uh, it happens that we are in union with creation and the creator and the veil creates the illusion of separation. And I've kind of brought that, that meaning that I took from course of love is as fear is what created that veil. So here at the very beginning, the, the fear, the primal fear due to our fundamental perception of being exiled, cut off and separate from our source. Uh, we fear that we don't belong. We fear for our survival. We fear that we don't matter. We fear that there's no purpose. And out of this, there comes a layer of shame and sadness. Uh, primal shame resulting from feeling so existentially insecure due to our apparent unworthiness of belonging and subsequent exile. We feel a primal sadness due to perceiving ourselves alone separated, alienated, cut off, and punished. Fear, shame, and sadness that remain unacknowledged and unprocessed, not together into an energetic epicenter characterized by bellicosity, a warlike worldview which attacks, covets, scapegoats, and oppresses others in the creation. Anger and bellicosity, primal anger due to our unconscious perception that is not safe to feel, fear, shame, and sadness, or that is unsafe to let others know these feelings. Primal anger due to perceiving life's harshness and messiness as unjust and or necessary. Uh, and, and Doug put this together and I really loved it because I, I think that's kind of a place that, that we start our journey back to knowing the truth of who we are and back into to, to love and unity with God. Um, the next slide I wanted to bring up is, is one of Troy's um, because I think it kind of points out a little bit about how we kind of do this process. We, <clears throat> we kind of have our, our body, uh, you can see here, and, and our conscious mind in the material world, and then we have uh, kind of an ego defense system. And part of what uh, Coralie was reading about the mind, I think, kind of correlates to this conscious mind or ego. And it um, has defended us against a lot of the the pain from fear and shame that we, we couldn't hardly deal with. So we, it kind of gets relegated to the unconscious realm. And, you know, it, it's personal. Uh, Memories in the womb, childhood memories, memories before we had a language even to attach to them. These things are even carried with us at a cellular level. Um, and so people like Dr. Caldwell work with folks, and Doug is also a therapist, to try and lovingly open the door to begin to integrate these things. Because from what I've seen in, in, in the courses that I've read that are channeled and in the raw material, we, as we begin to move forward into, into, uh, into love, uh, and back into unity, we, 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 these things cannot be left behind. They are parts of ourself and they are there. They are created creations and we, we, we need to integrate them in through, through love and acceptance. Um, you know, we even spent some time like in Leon's presentations where uh, psychedelics have been used to help 
uh, break down this ego defense boundary the way I understand that and to, and to help integrate these things in. And there's also the, the, the areas above this, which are the, the higher unconscious and, and surrounding all this is this truth of who we are. We actually are in still a divine state of love and relationship, but it too has kind of become unconscious to us. And, and that's kind of the veil of forgetting. So through this work, it kind of takes, uh, a process of moving upward into, uh, this place where we find this central archetype of the self spirit, the, the transcendent self that, uh, course of love refers to as the true self that is still in union with our divine creator. I'm wondering if I might just pause a moment here. Well, first I'm going to, for some reason, I'm not able to get my slides to go down. Let's see. Get that to go down. I'm going to move this over where I can get to it. Okay, sorry. Right. Um, first, let me, <clears throat> let me look at this overview with you. <clears throat> and because this is where I wanted to begin this return to unity. <clears throat> and the, the three things I've taken from the course of love are acceptance, which I know the raw material says a lot about acceptance, acceptance of yourself as a divine being, having a human experience, the development of access to unity, uh, to a reunion of, of a being a being in relationship with the divine creator and with, with all the creations, you know, from first density, second density, uh, to third density, which would include, you know, all of creation. And then the third thing was the differentiation and individuation into unity, which I've called our form of, of service to others. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that we'll get past acceptance tonight, but um, I can come back to the slide in a little bit. So that that's kind of a lot. I would be interested in, you know, Doug, you may be helping us just get a little input back. Um, I might stop share just for a minute, just so we can see each other and see, uh, see if anyone, if there's some sharing here for a moment, Doug. Sure. Did you want me to weigh in on the, the law of one's understanding of acceptance really quickly? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And if you want to add anything to the slide that um, I had up of yours a moment ago, too. Yeah, give me 30 seconds on that one. Um, after 22 years of being a counselor and then also doing a lot of the just looking at the law of one and different materials, it seems to me that the veil of forgetting um, that is in place between our consciousness and unconsciousness, the byproduct of that is what I'm calling the primal skin of human suffering. And it's the sense that it follows through with the different layers of the skin, like we have different layers on a, our epidermis and dermis and whatnot. And uh, men tend to not be very comfortable with fear or with shame and, and sadness because of, often of our cultural upbringing, but we know how to do anger. So when I'm dealing with men in 
anger, let's say, in my counseling practice, if we solve the anger problem or look at it, uh, there's always going to be this layer below that of the shame and sadness. And then below that would be the fear. And so what I was trying to do is when we get back to units of consciousness, it seems that we often will work through anger, through shame and sadness and fear. And then that helps us getting into the unit of consciousness. So that I just created that diagram to show, at least from my perspective, what are the three things that kind of come on from the veil and then getting through the veil often are accessing um, through those different layers. The um, thing about the law of one really quickly is that Ra talks about that there are five stages to um, the spiritual journey and they all inform each other. So it's just because you do one stage doesn't mean that when you move to the second one that you're done with the first one. They all feed back into each other. And I'll just say those five and then um, give you give you back the mic there, Dan. But the first one is to know yourself, to really know yourself. The second one is to accept yourself in in all the ways that we're capable of in that moment with, with as little denial as possible. The third one is to forgive the self. The fourth one is to seek balance. And often how I understand the balance, if I apply the lens of psychotherapy, is it's balance in terms of uh, often setting boundaries if needed with other people or maybe doing some levels of restitution if I need to seek forgiveness from somebody else. Um, and there's also energetic balances that are, are done. And then that leads us into opening ourselves up to more love, more of this love and light. And of course, that often always comes back down to knowing ourselves. They, they feed into each other. So acceptance is super important. Um, and that is where a lot of us are having problems with in terms of the individually and globally is being very honest with our uh, disintegrated states internally. So that, thank you, Dan. And thank you. Um, yeah, that, I, I've got, I'd like to share the screen again and kind of move. Um, I could um into into acceptance here um okay now i'm i'm kind of reading these um but one of the reasons i want to do that was just give you the flavor of most of these words are or what jesus spoke in the course um instead of putting them all into my own words so as as Doug was just saying um, acceptance is so important and it's, Jesus starts with acceptance of your true self um, is acceptance of me uh, acceptance of yourself is acceptance of your inheritance this capital self is is you know the, the, the transcendent self that I showed on choice diagram it is the it is the unique uh extension of, of of god that is each of us uniquely 
this self uh, as we each are, are have a true self it's our own uniqueness and that true self is still in union and coming to know this part of ourself is is part of how this true self manifests more fully in us on earth uh, with the idea which is different to me uh, of not of me necessarily leaving earth or of finding some way of achieving this union in, in, in a mental in a mental way back with God, but that God comes to manifest through me as the individual that I am. So acceptance of yourself is acceptance of your inheritance, which is that you are a divine being. Uh, now's the time to come into full acceptance of the human self, as well as the self of unity. It is time for the final merging of the two into one self, the elevated self of form, the recognition and emergence of the one self within the self of form. For me, this has to do with uh, the law of one, this, this movement we're talking about from third to fourth density. Um, you know, what that looks like, I, I don't know. Where we're at in that process, I don't know. Um, I believe that Ross says the earth is now ready to host fourth density life. So this idea of the elevated self of form, and uh, I apologize to Mari. Mari, you, you like to use the, uh, the spacious self, but when I took some of these writings out, it, it began with the elevated self of form, and we may have some time down the road to talk about the spacious self also, but they're very similar. Um, the next part is willingness is now upon humankind. If you do not accept yourself, all of yourself, you cling to suffering. Acceptance of self brings love, which supports life and form and is life generating. Bodies will thus regenerate rather than degenerate. Regeneration is a condition of the time of acceptance. In the time of acceptance, time is replaced by presence. Presence is the ability to remain in acceptance. Acceptance is the replacement for learning and union replaces separation. Acceptance is an active state in which you are in a relationship beyond learning. It is in truth a state in which you enter into an alternative reality, the reality of union. Active acceptance allows the great transformation from life as you have known it, to a death of the old life, to a rebirth of new life, a life-giving resurrection to the elevation of the self of form. Form is the ultimate expression of the power of creation and the body is the given form. The perfect form for learning is now being transformed into the perfect vehicle for the realization of the elevated self of form. You're not meant to lose the experience of the self of form. This goes forward eternally in oneness. Now, this, this is many times I feel just way, way over my level of experience in, in life. And then there's times it really speaks to me and encourages me uh, on this, on this journey. 
Um, I know at times we talk about um, how to to be in, in present moment awareness. I like the middle line here that in the time of acceptance, time is replaced by presence. And I, I see presence as this re-experiencing unity, uh, those moments that are just timeless. And uh, to stay in that is the ability to remain in acceptance. I'll to, turn, turn mine down if you'll turn yours. And so uh, when we move out of acceptance, I think we move into uh, back into our, our suffering or pain. Uh, back into judgment. Hang on, hang on, Dan. Hang on, Dan. Troy, Troy, Gwen's going to have to put hers on mute. It was on mute. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, once again, I'd like to, uh, you know, pause a minute and because I think these are, you know, concepts that are they're not concepts. I mean, these are, these are, this is an invitation into, into a new way of life. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to do when we talk about, you know, building forth, building forth density. Um, and it also in this time that feels like it's an accelerated time on earth. That's, that, that's really, um, really, accelerating our, our 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 time our ability to do this um so i want to Doug, not to put this back on you again but i would be interested i know that also in the raw material there is uh, a lot about uh space time and time space there are things about uh learning like teach, learn, uh, learn, teach, and teach, learn. And what Jesus is starting to try and move us into is, is out of this mind form of learning and, and more into uh, acceptance as a beginning to experience more of what is, uh, that it's a time when we are not to have to move beyond just trying to to learn what someone else can teach us, but move into an experiential race relationship uh, with our true self, with with divinity, and uh, begin to let that express through us, which we can't learn. We, we can't really be taught. Uh, a lot of the ideas, um, for instance, in... Uh, Of course, in miracles was to have to relearn. We had we've had so much false learning, you know, and and I think the raw material helps give us a new way of of looking at how things are. But maybe um, I wonder where we're at in this time uh, of learning being replaced by acceptance and and union being replaced replacing separation. Uh, Doug, do you, could you share a little bit about um, time, space, space, time, maybe, and learning, teaching and learning? Sure. Um, I wonder if I could pivot to Diana, if, but you certainly don't have to, Diana. Um, but would you like to weigh in on 
space time and time space? Yeah, um, space time, according to Ra. I'm sorry, my cat is making a lot of noise in the background. Um, is the physical illusion that we find ourselves in where we can physically move through space, but we're not able to move through time. Time space is the realm of thought. It's where we go when we dream. It's where we go when we meditate. And in that space, as um, spirits untethered to our bodies, I guess you could say, um, there is an aspect of self that can actually move through time. However, Ra teaches that space-time is where we get the work done in our incarnations. We can reach into time-space as space-time entities who exist behind the veil in order to do work in consciousness. But when we're free of our bodies and existing in time-space, between incarnations as we view it in the stream of time, We don't do the active work of reaching with our will and faith through the veil in order to discover more of what's true. Instead, we review and reflect upon what we've accomplished here and make decisions about how to program other incarnations, so to speak, other experiences that will give us more opportunities to appreciate more of that which is true. Do you want to refine that at all, Doug? Uh, I, one thing I would say also is, I think the greatest way we can learn here in third density in space-time, which is the dis density where the veil is in place, is to uh, allow the semi-permeability of the veil of forgetting to become even more permeable. And it is acceptance, if you will, in the sense that there is nothing up there, to use the metaphorical direction, nothing up there that isn't fully present exactly here, right now, in the immediacy of our lives, that the moment that is before us contains love contains the fullness and plenum of the creator and it is um if there's a the learning involved in that in any kind of concepts that we might use are to be measured in their effectiveness of us through gnosis which means lived experiential knowledge to accept that reality that this is all a panoply of god emerging in the moment before us in its fullness, you see. So that's the acceptance um, in learning there. DeMarcus, um, did you want to weigh in? Because you're also a really good student of the Law of One. You don't have to try to put you on the spot. No, I think um, the way Diane explained it was beautiful. I can't follow up after that. <laughs> well, thanks, Doug, for the heart of it. Thanks, DeMarcus. Um, yeah, Ra says that... Um, the spiritual adept or the seeker of truth is doing magical work if they choose. And the magical work is to make that which is unconscious conscious. So we're constantly reaching through the veil 
by will and faith to try to appreciate what's real. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, I, I think that feels real, really similar to, to the course of love in terms of this idea of returning to unity, access to unity, that, you know, the idea that the work that goes on is is done here and now, you know, it's not, um, it's, it's not like we, we die and, and then go to that place and, and it's all done, you know, and so um, the idea of acceptance, acceptance of everything, you know, from all our feelings to, uh, and the understanding, I think that our heart is what comes with us into what you call the, the, the illusion, Diana. And I'm, I'm often careful with that word because um, it, it doesn't mean to me that these things aren't really happening. I think when Jesus says form was, was, uh, was a choice for knowing to be um, available to us, that the body is, you know, when it fully incarnates our divinity is, is how, we, how we come to know ourselves, how God comes to know himself. And uh, um, even though this may be temporary, as uh, Ra talks about graduating to fourth density, um, or as Jesus talks about the elevated self of form and life beyond form, it doesn't happen if we don't, like you said, do the work here and now. And uh, so, I don't know, um, Mari, is there anything you would like to add or, or share? I don't want to put you on the spot or uh, Coralie either, but if y'all wanted to, I don't, I don't know how adequately I deal with all this, but I'd be, would welcome some of your thoughts too. Can you hear me okay, Mari? Oh, you're still muted. <laughs> and if you don't want to say anything, that's fine too. <laughs> I, I think you've done a great job. And, I, and everyone's comments have been really incredible. And I will just say that um, actually something I wanted to say was that I'm a Catholic and I was so happy when Danny said that there were Catholics in the group. <laughs> and I have the most wonderful parish priest and I have had for almost my whole adult life. I've had the same wonderful priest and he's meant the world to me. And I feel no division between uh, what I've received and my faith and it's just grown for me. And I think that the faith that we all show in looking at different, all these different things that Danny's, talk, Danny's talked about today is um, that ability to question and to go further. You know, I think that's just wonderful. So thank you for having me today. Yeah, thanks, Mark, for joining. Orly, would you like to add anything? 
Yeah, um, funnily enough, uh, we, this, uh, well, this evening for me, a few hours ago, um, we had our weekly uh, Course of Love reading group in Spanish. We've been going for uh, two and a half years now <laughs> at a chapter a week. Um, and we were talking, I was talking about acceptance. Um, we weren't, it wasn't specifically in the, in the chapter we were in. Um, and it was a, but it was something that came through very strongly. So I'm very struck on this that you have brought that in, although I'm, I'm, I'm aware it's something that is becoming increasingly prominent. Um, in these circles, acceptance of everything, acceptance of all our feelings and of, of all the parts of us. There is also, um, I think maybe it's been, it's on your slide, one of your slides, acceptance being receiving, receiving. And it came through to me very strongly this afternoon with the group. It's actually accepting that truth it's not necessary well it's as well as accepting all the sort of odd bits of us that we don't like and we usually deny but accepting and receiving the divine in us that comes through us at, at making and this is where what, what when mary talks about the spacious self this having the space in ourselves making the space so that this divinity and this creation of the new, we receive it, it comes through us. And it has, obviously has nothing to do with the mind because there's no way the mind can, can even begin to grasp what that means. And it was just, this is the thing about the course of love. It is such a powerful feeling. It's an energy, certainly translating it is, is an energy that is, is just beyond words. Um, and as you can tell, I could, I could go on, but I'm aware of the time. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> well. Um, Troy, I know you you volunteered to close, and it's almost there. But I sure would like you to, um, and I'd like to really acknowledge Troy as with his co leadership with Doug, you know, holding, uh, bringing this group together, and what an amazing man he's he's been in my life, and his wife Wynn, too. They both sure took me in at a time in my life uh, when I was trying to put my life back together many years ago, 1987. Uh, but Troy, yeah, could you like say a few things before you close us out? Well, this is a group full of empaths and I ain't one. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I love you guys. I I'm a science guy. And, um, you know, I feel very graced and I attribute it to my mother that, uh, gee, I've just, been able to accept myself most of my life. And that's a very raw thing. And uh, it's a very big grace to do that. And I know that so many empaths struggle with that. And I just want to say, I love you all. <laughs> you all love your all selves, selves too. And Ross says, do it. So do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so can I uh, offer a prayer here at the end? Thank yeah. you, Danny, for, for leading us in this and thanks for everyone's participation. Yeah, 
Thank you. Appreciate everyone being here tonight. Thank you so much. And uh, just a, just a really quick thing, Troy, before you go, um, Danny, you have a lot more to share with us and we have a lot more wanting to listen. Mm. So, um, but you had mentioned, I think that you'll be out or some, there'll be a way in which the next week or so would be hard for you. So could we have you back, uh, to teach this particular piece? Yeah, there were two other parts I realized I wouldn't really be able to get to. It, yeah. it might be at least a month down the road, you know, or maybe space them out a month in between, mm -hmm. um, just with some summer activities and things. Okay. So yeah, I'd love to, if people would like to, yeah, wherever it fits back in after whoever's doing the next presentation or whatever works. Sure. We'll put you on the schedule. And then just to let you know that next week, uh, we'll be in our rotation. We do a four-week rotation. For those of you do, who don't know, um, we d tonight is presentation night. Next Tuesday will be presentation on the Law of One. Um, it'll be a, a specifically about the Law of One. Then the following Tuesday will be a thing we call sharing our catalysts and prayer intentions. So we share with each other some things that uh, are weighing on us or some joys and then we have a prayer intention and everybody just kind of forms one heart one mind together um, and make that a really laser-like concrete prayer on that and then the final week there is what's called Lexio Divina I bet a lot of you know what that is and Troy leads us in Lexio Divina and we bring in a, a, usually a saying on the law of one and some other sacred reading and then usually there's a Christian um, reading too that and there's a theme that only Troy the mastermind kind of puts together and then leads us into this these layers of depth so you are all invited uh, thank you and if you're interested in joining our um, online forum that we meet with each other through it's called slack it's a slack it's an online forum and if you're interested in that um, those of you who are new here, would you please let Danny know? And then Danny, I will, I can give them the link. So just let Danny know. It's like, Hey, I'm interested in kind of plugging in and, and chatting with people during the course of the week. So I just want to extend that invitation and very happy to have everybody here. Take it away, Mr. Mr. T. Okay. So this is our closing prayer and benediction. I pray that we would have a rich life of joy and power, abundant in supernatural results with constant, clear vision of never-ending life in God's world before us, and of the everlasting significance of our work day by day, a radiant life and death. Oh, God, make speed to save me. Oh, Lord, make haste to help us. And the things that you can help us with are to know ourselves, accept ourselves, forgive ourselves, balance ourselves, and to become the creator. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.